You're listening to Coaching for Leaders. This is episode number 50, airing on August 13th, 2012. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Welcome to Coaching for Leaders. This is the show for leaders who want to improve themselves so they can better engage and develop others. Whether you're a seasoned leader or leading people for the first time, improving your leadership skills will drive your success, and most importantly, the success of others. This week's topic, five leadership lessons learned from Luke. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to our one-year anniversary show for Coaching for Leaders. My name is Dave Stahoviak, and I'm coming to you, as always, from our studio out here in Orange County, California, and I am joined this week by Bonnie Stahoviak for our very special one-year anniversary show and a very special topic. Bonnie, I'm glad you're back. I'm so glad to be back and for such a fun topic. And uh, it was probably a couple weeks ago, I think I may have mentioned on a previous show that I was having coffee with one of our listeners, and he suggested that it would be neat to hear an episode about some of the leadership lessons we've learned as parents along the way. And we have uh, been talking, of course, in the past few months. Uh, those of you who are regular listeners know we became parents in February for a little boy, Luke. And so he said, hey, it would be cool to hear an episode uh, of uh, what leadership lessons you've learned from being a parent. And since we have the anniversary coming up this week, we thought what a great time to jump in and uh, talk about this in some detail. And I just wanted to make a couple of quick points before we dive into those leadership lessons. And that is that there are quite, quite, it's quite likely that a number of you who are listening don't actually have children. And we know that that might be for two reasons. One would be that you've chosen not to have children in your lives. And we hope that you'll still enjoy hearing some of the leadership lessons. And we've got some stories along the way too, that don't directly relate to parenting. So we do hope you'll keep listening. And to those who maybe yearn to become parents and haven't been able to yet, or that just hasn't been really where your life has headed, we just want to send out our hearts and our prayers to you. That certainly was a long part of our journey and a long story of mourning and loss. And so we just want you to know that really we, we feel badly for you and, and, and can empathize, certainly. Yeah, and it's it was a really long journey, almost six years of really uh, bringing Luke into our lives. And so we're so grateful for him. And it's one of the reasons that uh, he's become such an important part of our lives now and, uh, and just someone that I learn something from every day. When Dave and I first got married, and we're actually even before we got married, when we were preparing to marry, people told us all the time, it is going to be so hard. That first year is is going to be awful. And, you know, you might even just want to give up. And we just encourage you to keep going because, you know, marriage is so hard. And I mean, we couldn't believe how many people we ran into that would tell us how hard marriage was. Mm-hmm. And and we had a delightful first year together. We really just, you know, fell even more in love with each other. And so that was kind of a joke for us that first year was, oh, this is so hard. How do we do it? <laughs> and so people told us a lot about parenting that same thing. Oh, it's so hard you will not believe how hard it is. And I kind of thought, oh, I am not falling for that twice. I am not falling for that twice. It can't be that hard. You're just being a drama queen or uh-huh. a drama queen king or whatever. And I am here to tell you, our first leadership lesson in parenting is sleep deprivation can can take down anybody. 
It's absolutely true. And uh, I think we both hit this at very different times. Uh, well, not very different times, but y- you hit it more immediately and I sort of hit it more over time. But uh, boy, I'll tell you, I-, I struggled with this uh, probably because we had some medical adventures prior to Luke's arrival. So we had actually been in the hospital a whole bunch. So I was already kind of sleep deprived when we started and he was born. And uh, And the interesting thing about sleep deprivation that I discovered along the way is you can get by without a lot of sleep for four, five, six, seven days a week or two. And then after a while, it adds up and it absolutely catches up to you to the point where you literally cannot function. And that's that's kind of the point I got to. And I literally wasn't able to get stuff done, hardly anything, or be productive in any way or really be present for Luke very much or for you regardless. For that matter. Yeah. So as leaders, we really just encourage each other as well as any listeners out there to be taking care of yourselves. And part of that is to be getting enough sleep. And one of the things for me, I know I'm, I'm surprised at how much my personality kind of changed under that type of pressure, just the, the new parenting pressure. And one of the funny changes that came about has to do with two different types of language that people can use. And one is more directive language and the other is more informative language. And Dave and I learned about this when we became certified in the Myers-Briggs type indicator. So those of you who are regular listeners know we just wrapped up a series on the Myers-Briggs. And so one of the things, I remember this graphic that was in one of our books for the course that we took and it had this whole spectrum of all the way over on the very directive side when you run out of milk. It's like, I need more milk, go get us some more milk. And on the informing side, the language sounds a little bit more, oh, we're out of milk. Mm -hmm. And so I tend to be more directive in my language and somehow Luke came along and so did sleep deprivation and sort of sort of did a lot of things about because I wasn't working. I was on maternity leave and Dave was still working. So all these kind of gender roles and expectations came about. And all of a sudden I turned into a very informing person mm, who was not very good at clearly and explicitly saying what it was that I wanted and what I needed. So our next leadership lesson is that expectations are huge but also a little bit of grace goes a long way. Yeah, and I think that this has really been a good reminder for us. I think both of us really were aware of this before, but I'll tell you, you get it front and center when you have a child in your life suddenly. Um, and you know, for us, it's just getting some expectations about you know how we're going to handle different situations, who's going to do what. Um, uh, and one of the biggest things was figuring out, okay, he he wakes up in the middle of the night, like who's going to handle that? And it's, it's nice to think that you're both going to try to handle that, but that works for a week or two. And <laughs> then you really get to a point where like, wow, you know, we can't both always be up all the time. And, um, and you don't, I think every parent I've talked to, it seems like somehow the dynamics work out that one person ends up bearing the brunt of kind of the late night type things, uh, unless it's figured out well. And that, happened with us i think you you ended up handling kind of more of the late night stuff in the immediate kind of the first few weeks of uh, of life and so one of the things we did is we set some expectations with each other and said okay 5 a.m is our dividing line <laughs> that's kind of what emerged over time is that uh if he wakes up prior to 5 a.m uh, i'll take him and if it's after 5 a.m he's yours 
And we're not militant about that with each other. There have been times that you've taken him when he's woken up early, and there's been times I've taken him if he's woken up later in the morning. Um, but that is re- that's really helpful because it's not like there doesn't need to be an argument or frustration about that as much. It's it's so much easier to handle situations when someone's tired, it's the middle of the night and all that, when you already have some expectations up front. So communication is really, really key on that, not only in personal situations, but also professionally too. Yeah. And it's also good to recognize if you're more directive or more informing. One of the authors I've really enjoyed reading, who is a linguist and she studies about gender differences is Deborah Tannen. And I remember Deborah Tan, and she's uh, most famous for a book that she wrote called Please, Un- no, that wasn't Please Understand Me. Uh-oh, we're going to have to look that one up. But the book, we'll I'm, the book I'm referring to is Working from Nine to Five, and that was a book mm. about how men and women communicate differently at work. And one of the things that really was profound to me out of her research was that women will oftentimes in the workplace say things like, we're going to need to take care of this. We're going to need to make sure that this gets done. And what the woman would mean in her research was, you need to get this done. (laughs) You Mm. need to have this by five o'clock to me back tomorrow. And of course, there could be a lot of confusion on the listener's point of view, the followers going, well, you said we, I thought that meant we. (laughs) No, actually, what I meant was you. And so that's a phrase I use commonly when I find myself saying, we're going to need to take care of this. And I say, and by we, I mean you. (laughs) I do hear that a lot, yes. (laughs) It helps clear things up when I find myself doing it. And I I can say, Dave and I have really been working hard at putting together systems to help, you know, lower our stress levels and make things better for each other and also just for ourselves, every man for themselves. And so one of the things that happened recently is I have been getting prepared to go back to teaching. I'm a college professor. And so one of the days I just teach 50 minutes. And so it doesn't really make sense to hire someone to come over for three hours to take care of Luke here at home versus me just bringing him to campus and having someone watch him for an hour there on campus. I teach in a very small campus and can do that and have a very high trust level with the graduating senior who's going to take care of him. And so I have been practicing this whole getting ready at the gym thing. And so I've got this super gym bag that I bought that's the highest rated gym bag that Amazon sells. And I've got the shampoo and the perfect size and the the cosmetics case and the blow dryer. I have got it down. And I've tried it a couple of times now, although I still got to get my time down a little bit so that if there was traffic or something unexpected happened, you have to always plan for the unexpected too. So I'm kind of getting this down to a pretty militant type of deal where I've got my system and there's even room in the system for all these things. And so the other day, I, I mean, I just think it's perfectly timed. I'm getting the gym bags on the stairs, all this stuff. And Luke just leans over on me and completely does the projectile puke. So, nice. <laughs> so our leadership lesson here, number three, no matter how organized you are, you will get barfed on. Yes. Happens often around here these days, uh, literally and also figuratively too. Because, and I, I think that this has really been um, a good reminder for both of us, me in particular, is um, Bonnie and I both tend to be very, very structured people. We like to have, you know, if we say we're going to do something at five o'clock, we're going to do it at five o'clock. If it's six o'clock, it's six o'clock. We have our days planned out most of the time, usually. And kids just don't operate on that schedule, uh, which this, this was no surprise to us, of course. But when you actually are faced with it and you are used to planning your day like that, Uh, it does take some time to really get used to that. And so 
um, you know, it doesn't matter how organized you are, you're going to have to be flexible. And I, I think about that when I think about the leaders that I work with and people I coach, it is, it, it doesn't matter how good your planning is. Um, I shouldn't say it doesn't matter. It matters that you have good planning, but regardless of the good planning, there are always going to be things that are going to come up that you are going to just have to respond to in the moment and then figure out the best path forward from there. And I think that that's where, uh, a real leadership talent emerges of being able to be flexible. Uh, flexibility is huge in leadership. It's huge in parenting. And if you can get comfortable with that, then it is, um, you give yourself a gift and a gift of the people who you live with and work with. And I know I'm much more comfortable with it than I was back in February when Luke showed up. Yeah. And the last episode, Dave, you mentioned about Stephen Covey's passing Mm -hmm. and you know, what a tragic loss because he has just helped so many leaders grow in their skills and really their character. And one of the things that was profound that he talked about often in many of his books was this whole idea about the circle of control. So there are things we can control. I mean, I can control whether that bag gets packed or not, that gym bag gets packed and what goes in it. I've got a lot of control over that unless you get up in the middle of the night and start taking things out of it or something. And then there's sometimes the, when I want to mess with you. <laughs> there's the circle of influence. And so I can have influence over, you know, for example, we've worked out the system of who will get up, you know, before five and after five. Yeah. And so there's the circle of influence. I can't control you getting up, but I certainly can have influence and we can, you know, influence each other in that. And then there's things that are completely outside of our circle of influence. So I I can't, you know, really influence the weather. It's funny the way that works. Actually, <laughs> that's a whole story for another Shocking, day as to whether true. or not I'm actually influencing it in some small way. But that's that's global warming. Sorry, we're we're <laughs> we're off track here, off kilter. But but at any rate, we've we've got those things to think about. And if it's outside of our circle of control, outside of our circle of influence, then you know, best to just you know focus, like you said, on our adaptability. So we, we have I've a little movie reference here. I don't know if people that are listening have seen the movie Up. It's an animated film. It was a Pixar film, correct? Yes, a, I think. A wonderful movie, wonderful movie, and cannot encourage people enough to watch it if you haven't. But if you haven't seen it, I feel like I, it's a moral duty that I have to tell you <laughs> something very sad happens in the beginning of the movie. And I did not see it coming in the children's movie. Uh, uh, you know, you just think lighthearted, nothing bad ever happens in children's movies, well, except Bambi. <laughs> so something bad happens. I'm not going to tell you what it is, of course, but I'm just going to say, just be prepared for that. And then the movie will go down a lot better for you. Yes, so again, movie is called Bob, or excuse me, the movie is called Up. And one of the characters in the movie Up is a dog named Bob. And Bob is a delightful character. I just smile just thinking about this dog. I mean, this <laughs> dog is so happy and reminds me of so many dogs that I have met before. And so many times Luke reminds me of dogs that I've met before too. Luke is kind of like a puppy at the age that he is. By the way, listeners, he is six months. So if you're kind of trying to get a sense of how old he is and he can be just filled with so much joy and remind me so much of puppies that are just so happy. And I mean, my goodness gracious, this little boy most mornings wakes up just delightfully cooing in his crib. And just, I mean, you hear him and they're talking to himself and he's laughing and he's just so full of joy. And then you take him out and he just 
his fussy time is between seven and eight at night and Dave will take him outside. And I mean, Dave, you, you just delighted, but there's trees in this Mm -hmm. world. Trees are amazing. And little boys playing on skateboard are so much fun to watch. And you know, just what joy this little boy brings into the world. And I, think anyone who's been a parent has starts to see the world through a different set of eyes starts to see the world through the eyes of your child and i you know it's so much fun to have that happen because you know there's always a choice on how we respond to things you know we can look at the negative we can look at the things that aren't working we can look at the criticisms that we're getting that people are giving us Or we can choose to focus on the things that bring us joy and that we love to do and that we love to engage with. Not that the other things aren't still there, but I'm always just amazed, Bonnie, by uh, how um, I enjoy my time with him or with you if I'm really focused on just finding the joy, being in the moment more. And I find that same thing in the professional world too. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, the minute it starts to be about all that's going wrong and I know people in their roles who are just, um, and then their careers are always, it's always about what's going wrong, what's not working. And, and they're just no fun to work with and they're no fun to be led by uh, and, and very hard to, to have a hard time leading. Whereas if you can find the joy uh, somewhere, (laughs) even if not everywhere, at least somewhere. And boy, if you, if you, have the chance to hang out with a young child you see that you or see that constantly or a puppy or bob <laughs> or just watch rent the movie yes. bob up like we keep saying rent the movie bob it's not the movie bob rent the movie up yes and you'll find uh, you'll find uh, bob squirrel leadership lesson number four there is true joy to be found anywhere and everywhere yep absolutely the other day i was just looking at Luke and he looked up at me and I think, I think maybe I had just taken him out of the car or something. And I felt just beyond any kind of connection I had ever felt with him before. I mean, I thought this has just gone beyond mother and child. This is just spiritual. This is, this is the most connected I have ever felt to this baby. I mean, I could have cried right there in the parking lot. I mean, it was Hmm. just amazing. And all of a sudden I realized (laughs) He is not looking at me. <laughs> he is looking at the reflection of himself <laughs> in my sunglasses. <laughs> that That's is awesome. awesome. Yes. Leadership lesson number five. We're ending with this. It's really not about you most of the time. Yeah, it, it really isn't. And if it is, that's a problem. That's a problem as a leader. If you're just always thinking about yourself and what's good for you and what keeps you comfortable leaders run into this challenge a lot is if you're going to keep yourself comfortable all the time. I love the quote. It's attributed to Eleanor Roosevelt, uh, whether she ever actually said it first is some of some debate, but it's uh, do one thing every day that scares you. Mm, And I think that's a great, uh, that's great advice for all of us as people. It's a great advice for us as leaders, for sure. If we can lean into discomfort once in a while, that that is that's key um, because it keeps us uncomfortable. It keeps us learning. Um, but it's it's so interesting that you know it's really not about us. But you do also get those moments where you realize you're doing something really cool. And sometimes it's not for a long time. Sometimes you'll get it in the moment. Luke for me does it uh, late at night, like after he's had his bottle. He's just about to go to bed. I wrap him up in a sleep sack and I 
pull him over and I'll give him a little blessing before he goes to sleep. And he'll often for a minute or two look me straight in the eyes and doesn't just makes complete eye contact, does not move and just stares in my eyes. And it is really a neat moment. And and you don't get those a lot as a parent. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so when you get them, it's so valuable. And And I think the same thing too for leaders is you don't get those great moments a lot, but when they happen, they're really, really valuable. In fact, I was just having a conversation with a senior manager in a company we work with today. And uh, he was saying that, you know, sometimes, you, you know, it may be years that someone comes back to you five, six, 10 years later and says something that makes you realize that something you did or something you helped them with their career or some feedback you gave to them really helped them and helped develop them and was the right thing for that person at the time, but may have been something that they were very against at the time or didn't value and that that can be valuable too. And I I hope that that's the case for Luke, that he looks back on his time as a young child and sees lots of value and wonderful lessons, even if it wasn't fun in the moment. Yeah. There is a wonderful book that had a, a big lesson around this kind of it not being about you and it's called The Four Agreements. And it's a a great read too. And one of the four agreements that we can make to be more effective is to never take anything personally. And Mm. so there's this whole idea that most of the time it's not personal and we think that it is. And it's really kind of a narcissistic thing when we allow ourselves to do that. But most of the time it's not about us. I taught this online class a few years ago and I will never forget most of the time, you know, most of the correspondence in the online course from the students end of things is just reading their writing I don't get to hear their voices too often, although I think we're getting to a place more where there'll be more technological friendliness for people to do that. But this particular group of distance learners was most comfortable typing into the computer versus video or, or voice chat type of thing. And so I give my phone number out. Most of the time I just communicate in writing, but this one woman was really upset by something and wanted to speak to me. And I figure, you know, let's do it. And so I'm driving back. I remember driving back from where I teach and had a long drive ahead of me and figure, you know, let's, let's get on the phone. And she proceeds to tell me how completely offended she is by this message that someone posted. And this woman is trying to humiliate me in front of my group. I have never Mm. in my entire career been so offended that all this thing. And I go and I read what this woman wrote and she just was doing some basic editing I think more of what Bonnie's looking for is this. And I think we should try to tweak that. I mean, it was completely wow. not at all offensive. It was direct talking about directive versus informative. It certainly sure. was direct, sure. but it was, I mean, it was just editing. It was, you know, it was supposed to be a paper that a group collaborated in and it was editing. And so I will never forget. I, I told this woman, I said, well, you know, first we, what do you think she meant? What else do you think she might've meant? You know, cause they're, there could be multiple ways to interpret that. And, you know, I read it and I got something different. So what, what else do you think she might've meant? There is no way she meant anything else. She wanted to humiliate me. And I thought, wow, (laughs) wow. Wow." And this is one of those things I did talk to the other woman. She was not trying to humiliate her, but as you might imagine, it was, you know, it was was a difficult situation, difficult group dynamics there. And so I, I just, thought, man, what a gift it would be for this woman to kind of follow this agreement to not take anything personally. Most of the time, people are not meaning it personally, even when they are. Why give them the gift of taking it personally? It really is a choice. We can decide, yeah, they might have meant that personally. 
I'm not going to take it that way. And what a lighter load. I, I will, t- I will confess this is something I could use work on, on a daily basis. It's not certainly anything I've mastered. In fact, it's the only agreement I can remember from the book because it was so many years ago that I read it and it mm. was so powerful. I thought, man, I could just take one of the four <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> be better thought. off. But really we aren't the stars of other people's movies of their lives. We are often the star of our own movie of our life that plays in our head, but we are not the stars in other people's movies. And when we allow ourselves to think that we are, we can become really self-absorbed, really narcissistic, and not fun to be around. And so I really think that we, we would be blessed as leaders to be thinking about it not being about us most of the time. And this does come back to this whole concept of servant leadership. That leadership is really about serving other people. It's serving our customers. It's serving, you know, other people through corporate social responsibility, the things that we are innovating and doing in our businesses and the difference that we're making. The greatest, uh, one of the best quotes I have on leadership, of course, I won't remember it exactly right now because I don't have it in front of me, but it's something like uh, the best leader is the leader who's not noticed at all. And I think it's, or uh, make uh, helps us believe that we did it ourselves. Oh, yeah. And I think about that when I think about my parents and the strengths of leadership they had in raising me and my brother of, you know, there wasn't, like, I can't think back, if I think back to, I may think of wonderful experiences that as a child, but if I think to like one or two things that they did that was like massively amazing as parents, I mean, I'd have a hard time pulling out just like one or two things. But it was just that they were ever present. They were ever wonderful leaders in my life. And by creating wonderful environments for my brother and I to grow up in, they were the best leaders they could possibly have been for Mm -hmm. us. And that's just, you know, such a wonderful place to create an environment for a child where they can learn and grow and feel like they can take some chances and take some appropriate risks, but also to learn and to love. And I'm just, I'm so excited that hopefully we're on that path with Luke and I feel like, uh, I feel like we are, which is exciting. And hey, speaking of the movie, I just want you to know that uh, you are the uh, leading lady in my life on the the movie side. Uh, I know it's, uh, we we actually uh, say a lot to each other, you know, curiously, we're not like the stars in other people's lives when things don't go (laughs) our way, but you are absolutely the star in my life. Oh, same to you. So it's, uh, you know, it's, I, I think it's, uh, it's, it's so fun to sit here and talk about Luke and to think about what we've learned from him. And it's, I think what's been fun for me is he's confirmed a lot of things that I knew about leadership and about love. And also he's just been a wonderful reminder of the importance of consistency and really thinking about the other person first. Well, Dave and I would love to hear from listeners who either have parenting leadership lessons that they've learned through being parents or perhaps even just being around kids or puppies, you know, you, you decide, (laughs) but we would so love to hear from you. And I just, Dave, I'm going to kind of pass it over to you to let people know how to get in contact, but just thank you so much for having me come to talk about this important topic. It was a blast. I'm so glad you were here. So what's going to happen is as soon as we air this episode, we're going to think of 10 other leadership lessons we've learned from Luke. Uh, So I know that this list isn't comprehensive by any means. And Bonnie and I would love to hear what lessons you've learned from a leadership standpoint from maybe your kids or maybe you've had the opportunity to be a, a special person in a child's life or you've cared for children. 
I'd love to hear about what your leadership experiences are. And you can go directly to the show notes for this episode at coachingforleaders.com forward slash 50. That's five zero. So coachingforleaders.com forward slash five zero. Or you can certainly reach me by phone 949-38-LEARN and would love to hear your feedback that way. Or email is feedback at coachingforleaders.com. Now, before I let you go this week, I have three quick announcements to tell you about, being that this is our uh, one-year anniversary episode. It is also going to be the official launch of the Coaching for Leaders newsletter. So I am excited to uh, announce that I'm going to be starting up a newsletter here and sending out featured articles that I've had a chance to write and get out there in the world, uh, interviews I've conducted, videos, and other resources that I think will be helpful to you as a leader. Now, don't worry uh, if you're thinking like I am. (laughs) I don't need any more email. Uh, Rest assured, I am not going to send out uh, stuff very frequently, probably about once a month, uh, just with some tools and resources and tips and articles that will be helpful to you and help you to continue to develop along your path as a leader. And so if you would like to subscribe to the newsletter, go to coachingforleaders.com forward slash subscribe. And if you do so, in addition to getting on the newsletter list, you're also going to get a bonus item. And that bonus item is I have put together about a nine-minute video on 10 books that will make you a better leader. And I've been very privileged over the years through my professional work, my academic work, my study to read uh, quite literally hundreds of books on leadership and org development and all kinds of aspects of working with people. And I have narrowed down that huge list of books to the 10 that I think are most essential that will help make you a better leader. And so when you subscribe to the newsletter, uh, rather than having to wait to get the first newsletter, you will right away get access to that video for hearing those 10 books that will make you a better leader. And in addition, you'll be able to download a book list with all my notes about those books and uh, why I think they'd be valuable to you and which books you'd, you really should check out. So again, if you'd like to subscribe to the newsletter, not only to get ongoing updates on a monthly basis from me and more tools and resources, and to get that 10 books that will make you a better leader, just go to coachingforleaders.com forward slash subscribe. And my second announcement this week is speaking of featured articles and other resources. uh, Those of you who live here in the States uh, inevitably have probably heard about this uh, controversy that's uh, surrounding Chick-fil-A right now. And uh, for those of you outside of the States or not familiar with Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A is a uh, restaurant, a fast food restaurant chain here in the United States. And they're uh, the leader of the organization, their president, uh, recently has uh, been very much in the news because of some comments that he made in regards to gay marriage and uh, and its relationship to their organization. And this has uh, really been an interesting story to follow. And I've been, um, I shouldn't, I was going to say disappointed, but I, I shouldn't be surprised that the news media has covered, of course, the sensational kind of the political religious drama and the protests and everything that, you know, one side and the other kind of fighting about this. 
Uh, but I think that there's a tremendously valuable leadership lesson here that has been missed by the media and by folks who are talking about the story. And so I have written an article uh, that air, that posted on our website uh, just a few days ago on the Chick-fil-A controversy and what I think every leader needs to know about the Chick-fil-A fallout. If that's something that's of interest to you, you can find it at coachingforleaders.com forward slash chick. So again, that's coachingforleaders.com forward slash C-H-I-C-K, and that will get you to that article. And then finally today, I want to send out a special thank you and congratulations to Stefan Schultz out in Germany. And I want to mention Stefan for two reasons. Uh, I mentioned very briefly on last week's show that since this was our one-year anniversary, I'd love to hear if there were any listeners out there who have listened to all 60 episodes of this show. And indeed, Stefan emailed me this past week and said, hey, I have listened to all 60. I've enjoyed it, and I can't wait for more. And I wanted to say, uh, Stefan, Fantastisch and Danke schön for listening for so many of these episodes. And also, Stefan was one of the folks who very early on uh, reached out to me with some of the first feedback that I received from our listening audience. And so, Stefan, thank you so much. And also, a congratulations to you and your new bride, Nadine. Uh, Stefan just got uh, married a few weeks ago. And so, congratulations to you. I'm so thrilled to have you as part of the community and can't wait to continue our conversation in the coming months and years. And also, a special thank you to Tom Julian and Stefan De'Aaron Simmons. Thank you for liking our page on Facebook. Hey, if you would like to connect with us on Facebook, you can go to coachingforleaders.com forward slash Facebook and hit like and you'll continue to get updates and resources from us as well. The show notes for this episode can be found at coachingforleaders.com forward slash 50. So that's forward slash five zero. This show airs every Monday. So come back next Monday. However you downloaded this show, whether through iTunes, Stitcher, Blackberry, Zoom, however you found it on the website, we're glad to have you as a listener. And just remember, wherever you are in the world, whatever's on your agenda today, Take one idea from this show to engage and develop someone you lead. Take care, everybody.